This is a Village Soundcast Network original production. Hi there. Welcome to FinCast. This is the official podcast of Finn Atlantic International Film Festival. My name is Wayne Carter. I'm the executive director at Finn. And I'm Emily Orr. I'm one of the programmers here. And this four-part podcast series gives you an inside look at Finn 2019. FinCast is produced by the Village Soundcast Network. Welcome to FinCast. So, Emily... Are you all set for the film festival? Oh, I'm getting there for sure. <laughs> you know, it's amazing. These, uh, these, these things seem to come around really, really quickly every year. It's hard to believe yeah. uh, we're going into our 39th film festival. I know. I think that makes us actually one of the longest running film festivals in Canada. I, we're going to have to do some research on that. Yeah. I don't know how many other festivals are, are you know, coming up to 40 years. Uh, certainly, I know TIFF's been around a long time, but they've changed their name a few times. So I don't know. If they can brag that they've been around. I don't think that counts. No, I don't think it does either. <laughs> and I know Calgary, I think, is 20 years this year, so we got lots of time on them. And Montreal's kind of wacky and is not even happening this year, from what I can tell. Yeah. So Vancouver is the one we need to find out. Have they been around longer than us? I don't know. The thing is, too, is we are pretty far reaching as far as what we represent. So we have three provinces that we have to represent, where they only have one. So. Yeah, well, you know, actually four. <laughs> four, uh, that's four. right. Yeah. I always forget. I won't even oh, ask who you forgot because I don't want them no. to turn off. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't want to know who you left out. You know, but I'm, I'm originally from BC. I'm very sorry. <laughs> you know, it's funny you'd say that though because that's something that I end up getting asked a lot about uh, in terms of uh, what makes our film festival. Uh, so I, I, I hate to use the word unique because mm-hmm. every film festival is unique, but ours is a little bit special. And one of the things I always talk about when I get asked that question is what makes ours really special. And I always reference, uh, you know, as you know, I mean, being on the programming team, mm-hmm. we really focus a lot on Atlantic Canadian content. Absolutely. You know, the four provinces of the of Atlantic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never Sorry. Gonna live this yeah, down. <laughs> no, you're never going to live it down. Uh, you know, and and that that's sort of such a primary focus for us in terms of the content and especially on our opening weekend we really try and sort of champion and platform that particular mm-hmm. content so people ask me <clears throat> pardon me they ask me all the time about um so you know so what it is about that and it's something that's very very unique to us the only other area of canada i think that probably is maybe similar is quebec and the reason i say that mm-hmm. is atlantic canadians have a tendency to make films about the Atlantic Canadian experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they set them in towns and cities in Atlantic Canada. Mm-hmm. Usually there's stories about this particular region. Quebec is very much the same thing. But then when you get further west of Quebec, uh, most of the time Toronto is standing in for some, yeah. uh, you know, some U.S. city. Exactly. And, yeah. and you, no offense to your friends in B.C., but Vancouver <laughs> does exactly the same thing. Yep. You don't see a lot of films that are made in Ontario West mm-hmm. where they're portraying stories and, and places that they're actually in. Mm-hmm. and. I think that's one of the things that makes our festival really, really, really unique, special, and one of a kind is it's an opportunity for our local filmmakers who make films about here to tell stories about here. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Um, It's actually really interesting this year, uh, there are at least two films that are in Scottish Gaelic 
which I found really, really interesting because I, I don't think I've ever heard it spoken before. Speak Scottish Gaelic. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm not even sure I could pull off a Scottish accent, but I certainly can't do Gaelic. <laughs> yeah. So I, I always found that really interesting. Um, and are the, I haven't seen those films. Are they actually based here? And yes. In Sc- yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, it's really, there's a journey for Agnes and I believe I'm, I might butcher this title, but Bokan oh, is yeah. the other one in our shorts program. Hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, you know, and I find with uh, with with our festival uh, running, uh, you know, the number of days that we run also is a little bit unique in that uh, we're an eight-day festival. A lot of films are, ten, a lot of festivals are 10, mm-hmm. 12. I mean, I think Vancouver's like two and a half, two and a, almost three weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't imagine trying to keep <laughs> keep the pace of the film festival going for three weeks, but mm-hmm. uh, they do. Um, but you know what? The funny part for us is we end up opening and closing on Thursday nights, which is uh, you know I think a great excuse for people to not go to work on Friday two weeks in a row. It's the fake Friday. Uh, well, yeah, because yeah. both of those events end up with big parties, and uh, exactly. you know, and I, I see the condition that people are in when they're leaving. Sometimes <laughs> I'm guessing they ain't going into work on Friday morning. So I think was well, there was one point that we were actually promoting that of, you know, hey, plan your sick day now. <laughs> Tell true. your boss on Monday you're not going to be in on Friday and come to the film festival. <laughs> it's true. But yeah, I, I you know, because I think as the years have gone on uh, over, over the course of years, film festivals have really sort of, well, first of all, we're all trying to find a window, mm-hmm. you know, because that's something else that I get asked a lot is, you know, we happen at the same time every year. So, TIFF opens the Thursday after Labor Day, and mm-hmm. then we're the Thursday after that. And people ask me, well, why is that? And there, I think there's a number of reasons. Mm-hmm. I mean, the first and foremost, um, because of our Finn Partners market mm-hmm. that we run at the same time as the festival, we talk a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we count on a lot of the delegates who were at TIFF, who've yeah. come in from Europe and Asia and, and even potentially Australia, mm-hmm. um, to tag here for a couple of days before they head back across the ocean again. Yeah. So that works for us. But also the other thing I think that uh, all of the Canadian festivals are very cognizant of is nobody really wants to step on anybody else in terms of dates because mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense for us to compete for talent. Yep. You know, if, uh, if we have a filmmaker uh, that's going to be coming here from TIFF, uh, then, you know, it, it, it makes sense that they're able to continue on and then yep. they can go to Sudbury, which happens, I think, literally very when close, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're literally tramping over each other. Yep. And then it, it moves on to Calgary and mm-hmm. Edmonton and Vancouver. And so it makes sense that somebody could tour across Canada with mm-hmm. their film. Yeah. And then, of course, there's also our friends over in St. John's, Newfoundland that have uh, the Women's Film Festival, which happens, I don't know exactly the dates this year, but I think it happens in uh, mid-October, mid, yeah. mid to late October. So so I think it makes a lot of sense for the film festivals to sort of carve their dates out and try not to trip over each other because I don't think it does anybody any good because no, yeah. we really want to be able to get guests. Mm-hmm. Are, you a, are you a celebrity? <laughs> A, a, there's no, there's a really naughty I, word for it that I won't say. But are you like do you do you really dig that celebrity thing and the no, red carpet thing? No, no, I I I prefer to be back in the projection room. I love that they're here and I love that they're here to represent their film. But I am one of those people that are very shy when it comes to celebrities. It's some people are really good with it. Some people are not. I would rather just watch. Their okay, so who's and, the most famous person oh, you've ever met? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Come on, you must have That's got somebody famous. Yeah. Well, oh no, Pierce Brosnan actually. Pierce Brosnan was it before or after Mamma Mia? Because you could have killed him for what he did was, to SOS in that oh, movie. I know, I know. It was before. It was before. Uh, he, I had walked by him on the street. I kind of, I didn't, I didn't want to approach him, but I definitely just said, 
well, I didn't say. I just kind of gave him a look. And then he he gave me a wink and a gun. And I've never been so happy because I, I didn't want to I didn't want to talk to him. He like he seemed pretty busy. But was it a real gun? It, no, no. <laughs> was this in the U.S.? <laughs> no, no, it was definitely, definitely uh, a memorable moment. He was quite lovely. Wow. Pierce <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. Ooh, yeah. I'm not crazy about his his turn in Bond either. So no. you, know, you should have punched him in the face <laughs> no. now that I think about it. <laughs> See, I liked his portrayal of oh, Bond. Dear. I don't know what it was. I think it's because I used to play Goldeneye when I was younger. And yeah, yeah. I, you know what? Pe- people have connections to different Bonds for different reasons, it's true. And, I, and I totally get it. Uh, but boy, that one, I don't know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I'm with you on the whole celebrity thing, and and you know, this is this is going to sound really pretentious and whatnot, and mm-hmm. I, I really don't mean it to because I've I've been very I is, I don't know if the word's fortunate. Yeah. In yeah. my life, I've worked in and around film and sort of music as an offside mm-hmm. for a lot of my life, yeah. and I lived in Toronto for a long period of time, and I sort of knew a lot of people, so I got a chance to. I got a chance to meet a lot of famous people and mm-hmm. I've, you know, I've, uh, I, I have fortunately, you know, been in rooms and shook hands with some famous people and I'm not really moved by it either, to be honest with you. I See, mean, a good. lot of times they're yeah. just people. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I, you know, um, I don't like it if they, if they're given off really sort of hardcore vibes because yeah. I'm like, you know what, I'm not, you know, I'm not here to, you yeah. know, to, 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 to be that fan. Yeah. Uh, I do struggle a little bit sometimes though when you're in a conversation conversation is what do you say exactly because whatever you're thing. saying they've heard a billion times that's my biggest fear is i don't want to i don't want to come off you don't want to say you're your biggest fan <laughs> exactly because, really yeah you're the, you're the 50th person that said that to me in the last exactly. hour yeah I, I i always do struggle a little bit with that um i'm just trying to think you know the I, the most starstruck i've ever mm-hmm. been and, and this is this is really this is this i'm so is, curious <laughs> David Cronenberg is the most starstruck I've been. I I, I have worshipped the ground he floats above oh since uh, the mid seventies, and um, <laughs> and then you know when I was when I was in Toronto and working in the film industry, uh, I you know and and when I say film industry, I was not making films. Mm-hmm. I've never made films. I've always been in in and around exhibition and mm-hmm. sort of a lot of a lot of different areas. I worked in home video for a long period of time, mm-hmm. and so. I mean, Cronenberg's a Toronto guy, so yep. he ended up, uh, you know, I, I ended up crossing paths with him a couple of times. Yeah. One of them was at a screening of Dead Ringers in the late, uh, I guess it'd be the late 80s, well, whenever the film oh. came out, and there was a specific screening of it, and it was an advanced screening, mm-hmm. and um, uh, I ended up in in a little small screening room, and he was sitting in the chair behind me, and I was totally freaked out by that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my my I... biggest my biggest brush with him uh, was um, I got asked in the I guess maybe the mid nineties mm-hmm. um, to actually uh, present an award to him on behalf of the video industry, and they asked me to write the speech and. <laughs> That was some heavy, heavy, heavy stuff for me, because you know not only is this guy sort of my my cinematic idol, yeah, uh, but also I get to stand on a stage in front of about a thousand people and tell him how great he is, and not yeah. seem like a total schmuck doing it, uh, and try and be sincere and yeah. also not be sort of gushy and stupid like a fan. I was uh, going to say, what was his hair like then? Uh, it was big. Yeah, <laughs> he's always had big hair. He still has big hair. He does. Yeah. He's become a really little guy because he's not. <laughs> very young anymore and he's doing that sort of senior shrinky thing it's but true. he's still got really big hair and he's- 
I don't, I don't know. Maybe that's linked to all that weird body horror <laughs> stuff he's done. Who knows what he's done to his hair? Uh, well, speaking of David Cronenberg, we actually have a film of his son's. Oh, Brandon yeah, Brandon's Cronenberg. film, yeah. Yeah, I uh, I first watched um, Antiviral a couple of years ago. Oh, it's wild. Across. Oh, it gets yeah. under your skin. It's yeah. so perfect. Um, but he's uh, he's developed his own his own style from his dad. But we have um, we have one called Please Speak Continuously. And describe your experiences as they come to you, which, <laughs> which is one of the which longest. Which would fit on any theatrical marquee. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but it's just, I can't remember it already. And you know. just said it. <laughs> I'm very, very impressed that I got it all. <laughs> so am I, to be honest. <laughs> um, but it was it's uh, it's starting on our um, a Shorts Canada and the World uh, One program, which is a very weird and wonderful program, and that's going to start it off. So it's really. Mm. It's pretty exciting. <laughs> well, and I just, I have to go back to yeah, cele- celebrity one more time because absolutely. I did have a celebrity sighting at Cannes this year. That sounds oh, totally pretentious. This is... uh, you know what? And and full of crap. But <laughs> I, look, I'm very fortunate that I got to go to Cannes for the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And this, this year, you know, these kinds of things only happen in places like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm walking home. It's about quarter to 12 at night. The streets in Cannes, interestingly enough, you'd think they'd be really busy, but they're not because everybody's off in private yachts having big parties. <laughs> so I'm walking down this main street, which is called uh, Rue d'Antibes, mm-hmm. and I'm walking by myself. There's virtually no one else on the street. And I see someone coming up the street, <laughs> coming towards me. But it's not a someone, it's a three people. And in the middle is this woman and she's somewhat towering and she was wearing this white flowy thing. And look, I wasn't drunk or stoned. This actually (laughs) happened. And so she was getting closer and I thought, Holy crap, that's Tilda Swinton. Of course. course. (laughs) And so, and she goes breezing past me, and she was holding the hands on either hand of two very young, strapping gentlemen (laughs) in tuxedos. She seemed very happy. I don't know where she was off to, but I can only imagine what was was her evening plans (laughs) after midnight. But that was truly one of those moments where I thought, that was just so surreal and bizarre. I'm not sure it even happened. And if I wasn't completely sober, I would never tell anybody this because they wouldn't think it happened. But that was a wild one because I'm, again, I've been a big fan. I, mm-hmm. I followed Tilda Swinton in the early days when she was doing films mm-hmm. with Derek Jarman. And and it, she's she is one of those personalities that she just sort of takes over the space she's in. And oh, absolutely. It, you know, she has it. Whatever yeah, exactly. it is, she has that. Exactly. And um, yeah, she's, uh, she, she's quite tall and she's very, very slim. And she was just She's holding her arms out yeah. like she was flying, and it 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 was it was very bizarre. I can only imagine. I don't think we have Tilda Swinton in the festival this year. No, no I, you know what? The only film she had was the Jim Jarmusch thing, which already got released in the summer. So mm-hmm. the the zombie film. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, I don't think she's in anything at all this year with us. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so you know, in in terms of festival, the the red carpet thing. Our red carpets are always a lot more uh, Atlantic and a lot yep. more regional. Mm-hmm. We do hope that we'll inevitably, you know, land some some from away celebrities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
But we're a little a little far out yet. Those things only usually start developing for us about a week before the festival because, <laughs> you know, celebrity celebrity schedules. Yep. Are they going to be at TIFF? Can yep. they come here? Uh, we have our fingers crossed for a couple of them, but mm-hmm. uh, who knows what remains to be seen on that. You know, but um, yeah, so I, and, and, you know, it's interesting when we talk about other festivals and as it relates to ours, you know, one of the other challenges we have being so close to TIFF is locking films down, Absolutely. as you know, in programming. <laughs> You just it's held your head in horror when I said that. <laughs> it's uh it's all fun and games. It's uh it's a bit of a bit of a puzzle. You just kind of have to find what fits and sometimes there's a better fit that comes along. Excuse me. Better fit that comes along a way later in the game and then you just kind of have to roll with it. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, you know, we we you know, it's always we have the conversations I know with with distributors and producers and whatnot, mm-hmm. but they never want to commit to anything no. until TIFF makes their decisions. <laughs> so we're left sitting there with a you know a calendar full of maybes, waiting for things to get locked down, and then mm. we have all of about three days to lock everything down after TIFF makes their announcements, which is always oh yeah. Uh, what was what was your term? Fun and games. It's fun and games. Yes, fun and it's games. Fun and games. <laughs> so of of all the things at the festival this year, mm-hmm. um, what was the what was the one that you saw that you hoped the most would end up in the festival? Honestly, it was um, there. It's a documentary. It's called "There Are No Fakes." Oh um, yeah, and it. I we actually watched it uh, previously. It just um, debuted at Hot Docs this year. It, it is one of the most compelling documentaries I've ever seen. It's basically about uh, Norval Moroso and. Um, there is a gentleman from the Bare Naked Ladies who buys a painting, discovers it's a fake, and then goes down this rabbit hole of trying to find where the fake came from. Uh, the The story gets quite tangled in a different different kind of worlds of uh, crime in Northern Ontario. It's just it was one of the most compelling documentaries, and it was one of those ones where. We, I was crossing my fingers as soon as I saw it because I, I was hoping, hoping that we could get it. And that's definitely one for sure. This is a Canadian one. This is Jamie Kastner, exactly, right? Exactly, yes. Yeah, he. I, we had a film of his a couple of years ago to another documentary called, I think it was called The Secret Life of Disco. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I really dug that that documentary a lot. When I was talking to him, when I, I saw him at Hot Docs earlier this year and we were talking and I said, so are you like a real disco guy? Is that how you ended up doing this? Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, no, uh, I don't really listen to disco at all. And I said, well, how the heck did you end up? I said, this didn't have anything to do with a certain book, did it? And I threw the title of the book and he was like, that's actually the book. Yes. He said, uh, a friend of mine recommended the book. I read the book and I was like, there's a documentary in here. So yeah, he's he's a very, very interesting guy. He works with his wife. His Mm -hmm. wife is his producer. Yeah, they're they're quite a team. I'm really I haven't seen There Are No Fakes, so I'm really looking forward to that. Oh, it's it's a really interesting story. I uh, I I definitely uh, remember all of the programmers reaction when we watched it and it was just it was just our jaws dropped like I cannot believe how much has gone into this world of fake art and well, we'll we'll obviously you know we'll obviously delve uh, into documentaries in a big way mm-hmm. in a in a future episode, um, but I guess uh, you know in the next episode we probably should start talking about some of the mechanics of the film festival mm-hmm. how it works, but also let's talk about opening and closing and some of the Absolutely. kind of big name films that are going to be at the festival this year. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, you've been listening to FinCast. Uh, I'm Wayne Carter, the executive director at Fin. I'm Emily Orr. I'm a programmer and print traffic coordinator here at the festival. Make sure you listen to the next one. 
You've been listening to FinCast 2019, which is the official podcast of the Fin Atlantic International Film Festival. It's produced by our friends at the Village Soundcast Network. And next episode, we will be taking you behind the scenes to let you know even more about what goes on building one of Canada's biggest and, we think, most important film festivals. This was a Village Soundcast Network original production.